Tuesday. Thought I'd throw that out there, guys. Please don't come up with that statement. I'm not giving her any presents. I'm giving her presents with a C. You can tell me later how that works for you, but I'm not going there right now. But anyways, uh, as you know, I am not going to be sharing. I'll do this at another time in relationships and, and stuff like that. I want to continue with what we were talking about last week. We started our journey in the idea of wonder, wonder. And it's important as we come to this to understand what's taking place, what's going on, so forth and so on. Because, you know, there was a major question that we asked last week. So as we get into this, I want to go ahead and hit some bullet points from last week in order to transition us into the understanding of intercession. So take a look with me again at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. It says, therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Another word for there it would be completely, completely. He is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He always lives to make intercession. He always lives to make intercession. Again, remember the words that Jesus spoke when he said, it is finished. So the question I posed last week, and I'll pose it again today, is, okay, if it's finished, then what's he doing now? If Jesus said it is finished, however you want to interpret that, finished is obviously finished. So he said it is finished. So I ask, honestly ask the question, what does Jesus do now? We know what he did in the Gospels. We know the sufferings. We talked about that. We know his death. We talked about that. The resurrection. We talked about that. The ascension. And what happened next? What is Jesus doing now? And the answer to that very simply is that he is now implementing everything he had done. So it's finished. But now Jesus is putting that into practice. So let me give you that mouthful again that you have on your notes. And that is very simply that in this room, whoever you are, Right at this moment, wherever you're at, Jesus is implementing what he has done and he is making real in our lives what otherwise would become just ancient history. Just ancient history. It's like everybody coming to church on a Sunday and it's time for another lesson on ancient history. See, if I miss this, if I miss the fact that, that Jesus is, is, is literally, al- that the alive Jesus is implementing what he has done and he is making real in our lives that which he has done, if I miss that, then all I got is history. I've got the ashes of something that once was a living thing. Now, that, that, that is, you know, 
the only thing that happens is, is the, the guy comes up on Sunday and reports that to me. Every Sunday is ancient history. Like, this happened and that happened. So, you know what we're left with? No life unless we realize what Jesus is doing right now. And it's called intercession. Say that word with me, intercession. Let me say something here, and, and again, it needs to be said. I've said this, I'll continue to say this from the beginning to the end, and that is very simply, the gospel is the wonder. The gospel is the wonder, and I say wonder. I, again, I didn't say miracle. Miracles are, are things that are down here. Wonders are things that are way up here. So in, in understanding in Hebrew language, a wonder or a wonderful means very simply that which is beyond the imagination, beyond all the thoughts of any human being to begin to ever comprehend it in thought, let alone the ability trying to live up to it or something. So he is saying, what's he saying? Is that it's beyond your thinking. It's beyond your imagination. There is no ability in us to ever do it. You can't even think it through completely. That's a wonder or wonderful. Because as, as we shared last time, you cannot move in the gospel without confronting the wonder. I mean, really, honestly, the, the, the wonder begins, for example, with the incarnation, that which is God himself, because he took to himself our humanity. He became a genuine human being and lived among us. He's 100% human while simultaneously being 100% God. And, and when I meet him, I, I meet someone who looks like, well, a Middle Eastern carpenter. And yet, I meet the person who is God with us. Now, if you can say it, I mean, honestly, can you really get your head wrapped around what this really is? What's real? God becoming us. God taking to himself human. Being human. Can you think that? I mean, sure, if you say it enough times, you get used to it and forget it. But can you see that as an absolute reality? More real than, than in all honesty, the pew that you're sitting on. That God himself joined the human race, and now I can relate to God as human to human and know that he relates to me. He's been through what I have been through. He's gone through the problems, the temptations, the situations, the loss, the agony, the strife, the anxiety. There is no place in your life from abuse to tragedy. Nowhere and no place in your life where you go or have been that you will not see the footsteps of Jesus because he's been there. He's been there. 
Now, that's more than a miracle. That's a wonder. It leaves me speechless. You have his birth. You have his life. You have the crucifixion. You have his death. And let me just remind you, they buried him. And he came out of the tomb in such a fashion that death died. I'll say it again. Death wasn't <laughs> defeated. No, man. That, that's not defeat. Death died. He didn't come out just by, you know, kind of slipping back into life again. Death died, and he came out of the tomb. That's, again, never happened before. It's never happened since. Only one person in all of time and space in history has ever risen from the dead in that fashion. That's a wonder. Can't, can't even, you know, subject that kind of thinking to science. It's a, it's a, it's a wonder. Say that with me, a wonder. And, and then God, the Holy Spirit, came upon the 120 and then continued coming upon so that human beings became the residency of the Holy Spirit. We're not the same person you met yesterday who have come to Christ, who have received the Holy Word. Do you not know that you're what? The temple of which means not a building, it's the Holy of Holies. It's where the presence of God resides. And, 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 and as a result, I'm, I'm going to say it again, you know, we've become entangled with the Holy Spirit, fused with the Holy Spirit. That's a wonder. That's a wonder. So again, what is Jesus doing today? But my major question to you, is do you expect it to be today in your life less than a wonder? I mean, the way some people think, honestly, if they were to be honest about it, they just think God's subjective or that he's retired or that he's just doing his thing and that, you know, I got to try and get his attention. And that's nothing more than separation, my friend. That is not true. It is a lie. I'm not going to talk about this, like I said, like it's a ho-hum subject. Listen, and, and I'll remind you that the difference is today, right now, it's the world of invisible. And I know, like I said before, some people say, well, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. And I say, don't be absurd. That is the most ridiculous statement you can make because you live in the 21st century. Right now in this room, and, 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 and some of you are picking up your phones to read the scriptures, to write notes on or anything else, and, and you're surrounded by something called Wi-Fi. It's called, do you see it? Well, how can you believe it works then? Well, I can say, No. How's the phone? You know, it's an. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't believe in things that are beyond your comprehension. Of course you do. You 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 don't believe in the invisible. Of course you do. You know what I'm saying. We we've gotten so used to the invisible 
that, you know, what was, that what we have today, 20 years ago, would have been called a wonder. And now we just kind of dismiss it. It's every day. It's, it's whatever. We get upset if wherever we go, there's not reception someplace. And then you have those who say, I, I can't believe that God is invisible. Okay, enough said. I understand. He always lives. It says he always lives, which means, and get this, that Jesus, as was known not only in the Gospels, this is what I'm trying to say, but in the early church was known completely to be present and to be acting in their lives in this world. And that's called, my friend, intercession. You, you talk to people in, in churches today, Janie was saying some things in the prayer room just a little bit ago. They, they, they do not believe that Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday and will be forevermore. That their concept of God is, is mm, they've been robbed. And, and they've been taught something that was, you know, well, I'll say it, a satanic lie from the pit of you know where. It's, you know, practically speaking, we'll, we'll mouth it, we'll, we'll even sing it. He's the same today as he was yesterday and will be forevermore. But do we really expect the wonder? What we're talking about today is that a Jesus who was here is now passed into the invisible, which we are all fully aware of invisibility. He passed into the invisible and is now doing wonders in our lives. And I'll say it this way as well. He did these things in the New Testament, and he's doing these things in the here and the now. He is the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be forevermore. Can you say amen to that? So what I've done here, what I wanted to do one more time is, is build this canvas. Build it for this word intercession. What is intercession? And again, for a lot of people, it's, it's, it's a huge religious word. It's not something you go down and, and, and discuss over a cup of coffee. You know, you just, it's not an day-to-day -day discussion. The word intercession, I'll say it again, has a mass amount of meanings. It's not just one meaning. It has its key and core meanings, but it has a mass of, of meanings. There's a lot of people who think, <coughs> excuse me, that intercession just simply means prayer. No. It, it doesn't mean prayer. Now, I'll say it again. Prayer is a little part of it, and I'll explain that, but intercession is huge. And, and, and we think, oh, that's for super spiritual people. No, if somebody's an intercessor, that means, oh, deep prayer life. Deep, deep, deep. No. You're, you're missing the majority of, of what the Bible talks about here. I'll say it again. Prayer is a little part of it, but intercession is much bigger. When they say, 
Jesus is interceding for us, you know? It's like they believe that Jesus is having a, a nonstop prayer meeting somewhere so, so, you know, we can get what Father doesn't want to give us kind of thing. What does this word intercession mean? Now, I'm going to warn you. You might think, well, I'm getting ready for a, a spiritual warfare lesson. No. He always lives to make intercession for them. What was he talking about prior to that? He is able to save to the he's able to save completely those who come to God since he always lives. There's something going on here. I want you to be very careful that as you get into intercession, your understanding of intercession doesn't separate the Father from the Son. A lot of people do that with, with, with this stuff. The Trinity means that the Father is so limited to the Son that where the Son is, the Father is. It means that all the Father is is poured out into the Son and the Son gives Himself away to the Father. The word in the Greek there is, is, is face to face. It's, it's like eyeball to eyeball. And the Holy Spirit is the one who holds it then all together. The idea of, of, of the two separated, having, having separate agendas. You know, the, the son has his agenda, the father has his agenda. No! That separates us. If we see them as separated, then it, we, it, it separates us. And the whole New Testament says that we are what? In Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we're in Christ and Christ is in the Father, then I'm not outside somewhere with a little voice crawling up to heaven and, 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 and keeping, you know, uh, hoping that the Father hears me. You know, God! Looking at me so serious this morning. But the point very simply is that... I'm inside of Jesus, who is inside of the Father. And the result is, I couldn't be closer. I didn't ask you if you felt that. You don't live by your feelings. But I'll guarantee you, He will bear witness in your spirit. I'll, I'll just say it again. The idea that Jesus is having a prayer meeting to try and make things happen that the Father, you know, kind of doesn't want to have. It's just not so. This is intercession. And, and let me just, again, throw out the warning there. When I, when I talk to people and their understanding of intercession, I don't know where they get it from as they try to make it some deep spiritual place. It's an, in, it's an Old Testament word, essentially. It's in the New Testament as well, but it's really, really developed in the Old Testament. In one sentence, are you ready? Intercession means the meeting. And please do me a favor, don't take my word for it, look it up. Well, pastor said, no, well, how about what God said? 
look it up. I mean, it, it, in one sentence, intercession means the meeting. And that, that's the big word. I, I want you to understand that within intercession, as we go on with this, that's the big word. It means the meeting of two parties. Okay? Uh, just a, an ordinary illustration, and I really hope she doesn't get too mad at me for doing this. But the other day, uh, my son came home, and he said, Mom and Dad, this is Sarah. Not that Sarah. Mom and Dad, this is Sarah. And then he said, Sarah, this is Mom and Dad. Okay? And, 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 and uh, Gary, at that point, was an intercessor. Do you get that? And intercession is one who brings about a meeting. And honestly, it's as simple as that. It's not super spiritual. It's a simple, that's a simple meaning of the word. You, you can be in the same room as somebody that you don't know and would not know. And until someone comes in and says, I want you to meet my friend, and you meet someone you never expected to meet, but now you meet them, and it sets up a, a lifetime friendship. That's intercession used in its everyday term, okay? And Jesus is the ultimate intercessor because we believe that we were the ones separated from God, which is the essence of sin, and he's up here and we're down here. There's no connection. We don't know that we're separated, and separated, we believe God has rejected us. We believe that the separation comes from his side. God's rejected us. Comes from it. Because we're no good. We're not, we're unworthy. We're sinful. We're taught that God is 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 to, you know. He looks at, you know, he's too holy to look at sin. He's too holy to look at my, you know. So, <laughs> I'm out. I'm rejected. Hey, can, can you remember one thing? And that is that Jesus is God. Joining us. And when you think about that, that kind of blows that other stuff out of the water. If God is joining us, he's hardly rejecting us. It means that he does love us. And it means that all that darkness thinking that we're separated and that we're no good is, is on our side, not his side. God came into the darkness of our mind and says, I'm not who you think I am. Jesus was saying, Human race, meet the Father. He's not who you think he is. He said, when I come here, the Father in me is meeting you. It's intercession. It's, it's, it's bringing, bringing about the meeting. You know the word Emmanuel, right? The Hebrew word for Emmanuel means God with us. 
It's intercession. God now met with us, and in so doing, we meet with God. Does that make sense? Again, intercession is bringing about a meeting. Jesus said what? I am the way. No man comes to the Father. No man meets the Father except by me. Hello? So again, he said, if you've seen me, you've what? <laughs> Remember, they said to him when he, one day, show us the Father. We want to meet the Father. And he said, have you been with me for all this time? I am the way. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I in him, him in me. Now, now get this, please. Intercession is God coming to us saying, you've never met me. You, 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 you don't know me. Because sin has blinded your mind, but now I have come. I came as a human, not some blasting spirit to scare you. I have joined you as one of you, and now I want you to meet my father. <laughs> do, you, do you realize, and, and this, I'll get some emails from this one, but do you realize Jesus never said, I came so that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Never said that. Jesus said, I've come that you may come to the Father. Meet the Father. Come to me, and me is in the Father. So the gospel at this point then takes on another meaning entirely. I mean, and what it does then is response. All the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're full of intercessions, meetings, right right from the very beginning of John. Do you remember John and Andrew? <laughs> Run after Jesus and say, uh, where do you live, Jesus? Jesus turned to them and said, what? Come and see. And a meeting took place, and that meeting transformed two teenagers, John and Andrew. Matthew, you remember him? The IRS agent. Jesus, Jesus simply looked at him and said, follow me. Meet with me. And, and, and Matthew leaves everything to meet with Jesus. And in that meeting, oh, wait till Linda sits down. Everybody say hi, Linda. Why is he embarrassing her like that? Oh, because I know Linda, you know. It's a long story. But I, I, again, Matthew will never be the same with that meeting. Remember a guy by the name of Zacchaeus? He climbs up this, this tree so he can get a very better view because he was what? Jesus comes along, he looks up the tree, and he says, Zach, I must. It's an absolute necessity I come to your house to meet with you. A meeting. 
This is a meeting between Jesus and Zacchaeus, the woman at the well. Remember her? There's a meeting at the well that caused her to drop her pot of water and run back and, and tell all the others, oh, you've, you've got to see this man. She said what? I met a man. It's a meeting. How about the road, of, uh, the, the, the Emmaus road? After he has risen from the dead, and, and, and as he's walking alongside, he's jo he joins as he walks alongside the others on the road, they, they, they don't recognize him. He answers their questions. He, he, he builds a friendship with them. They, they persuade him to come eat with them and stay a little while. And he turns that supper basically into a Eucharist. And as he broke that bread, it says he was made known to them. Their eyes were opened. They saw him. They, 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 they knew him. That was a meeting. And, and the moment that meeting was accomplished, he disappears from their sight. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of, a lot of different ones. I could, I could, I, I'm not going to go on at this point. I wanna, it means another word for intercession is finished. That is, everything Father, Son, and Holy Spirit planned for us before time and space has been accomplished. It's done. We can live like, we're always, like we were always intended to live. And how is that? In a union with God. So he entered into death, and he meets with the devil, who's the one that started the whole mess to begin with, it says that he crushed the devil's head. And when he rose from the dead, he had already said, it is finished. I just have, I, I have just entered into death to kill it. The, the whole thing, the whole thing is D-O-N-E done. The meeting, the meeting, say it with me. The meeting, light met darkness, and darkness collapsed. The Savior met sin, and sin was canceled. Life met death, and death died. God's love met with human love. Self-giving met with self-serving, and they call it born again. It's a new life. Sadness, despair, sorrow, helplessness met with God, joy. And he says sorrow and, and sighing does what? It flees away. Chaos met with shalom, perfect peace. Weakness met with strength. And that's just looking at the basic meanings of the word. The meaning. That changes everything. That, that there's, that there's many other twists on this word that, that's, that's used here in the Old Testament. What, one, one that means, as far as intercession, it means to hold together against. In other words, you, you've got a problem. And we're not talking teeny-weeny problem. It's a big problem. And intercessor says... I'm linking arms with you. Says, we're together in this against your problem. 
don't think of somebody. Think of someone. An intercessor. He lives to make intercession for them. That's what God has done, what God does to us on a regular basis, actually. Another meaning is it means to come upon a place by chance. <laughs> You'll see in a lot of passages in Scripture, and, and, and it'll state by chance, by chance, by chance. You know, I came upon this by chance, or and I'm thinking about, you know, when when king of Israel was not where he's supposed to be, and by, by chance, you know, an arrow was shot, and by chance it, it hit him in between the shoulder blades, and, you know, by chance, that's, you don't get up in the morning saying, I plan, I plan, I plan. Well, maybe you do. But how many know that life is what happens to you while you were planning to do something else? And many times we don't recognize it, but that's intercession. And many times as we don't recognize it, we've got to realize that God's purpose is the by chance. That's without any plan or without even knowing where you are, you will come upon. Yes, you will. And, and, and as you do, you realize that you were in the right place at the right time. And this chance is really a divine appointment. Oh, can somebody say amen? The, the chance is in the hand of the intercessor himself by chance. By chance, there was a meeting. Meeting is always there in those definitions. Another meaning, you've got a burden and someone met you and carries the burden for you. Someone meets you and carries the burden for you. Oh man, there's so much can go on about that part. This, this, is, this is really where the, the one place where prayer does come in. But, but again, you got a burden. Someone meets you and care. It means as well the border that belongs to you. This is all under intercession. You know, you're going down the road, say on 76 or something, and you come across the sign that says, Leaving Portage County. And another sign that says, Entering Summit County. So there's that line that you come across uh, that, that separates. Portage from Summit County. The intercessor himself said, when I died and rose again and I gave you this, these are your boundaries. There is definite, there is sure, and there is no enemy force with this world that can come and take it away from you. There is no enemy that can cross over that border, over that line. It, it is there and ain't no enemy in this world going to take, come and take it away from you. Because, friend, that's intercession. Why? Because he declares the boundaries and he enforces them. Wow. Jesus 
is the finished work. He didn't do something, and that resulted in the finished work. Did you hear what I just said? He didn't do something that resulted in. Like, he did it, you know? He died so that I could get it. He died for me. No, I want to correct your theology. You're a long time learning. And I want to tell you, he didn't do anything for you. He did it as you. He was the intercessor. There was a meeting between you and him. You didn't know about it, but there was. And he took you. You as you are. And he says, I become you. I'm a meeting between his humanity and your humanity. And then, because he's God, he said, now, let me take care of this. And when he carried you to death, you really died. Now, that's a wonder. And you really rose. It was a meeting that took place that changed you forever. It was an intercession. It wasn't that he just did something. He is the intercession. He is the finished work. That's who he is. Your life is him. It, it's not an it that you got because you raised your hand one Sunday and said the sinner's prayer. He is your life. He is the finished work. He's this Christian's life. And, and it's not some formula. Hello, somebody. You don't do all this or do all... I'm going to get in trouble. It's a relationship at a very deep level between you and the intercessor. Yeah, I can get in more trouble. What would you do with it if I said to you, salvation is not a thing? You'd wait for me to tell you what I meant by it. That's what you do. But salvation, it's not a thing. It's a relationship. Hello. I, I mean, God himself has gifted himself with no strings attached to us. I have received from God the gift of God with no strings attached. That's the gospel. He doesn't give us things. He doesn't give us life. He gives himself to us. And he is life. Oh, man, I'm ready to start singing again. Therefore, he is also able to save completely. Those who come to God through him, through him, since he always lives, always lives to make intercession for them. He who is ever living.
living to make intercession for me lives in me. The intercessor who is meeting me, who is arranging meetings of every description to bring about his purpose with me, lives inside of me. And I live inside of him. I, I don't have time to get into this one part, but what ends up happening is, is he begins to serve me. If you can understand greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. He empowers me. He doesn't come into me as some roommate, right? I mean, he doesn't come into me and he takes a spot left of the kidneys over here while I'm over in the right of the kidneys. You know, no, it doesn't work that way. He's infused in me. Christ lives in me. If I tell you the, 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 the idea of, of, of the tea bag and, and the hot water one more time, you're going to scream. But I don't want you to forget it because that's exactly what this is. You, 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 you've changed your taste. You've changed your smell. You're, you're not see-through anymore. You're, you're, you're brown, and, and, and some of you have Earl Spice, and some of you have orange peach, and some, but you have this smell about you, this flavor that we call tea. But the tea's in the bag, but when the tea hits the water, they infuse together to such a point that even though they're separate, they are now one. Oh, there's a lot to that. He's infused in me. Christ lives in me. He meets with me. Do you understand that? He meets with me. He intercedes. Arm in arm. He says, there's a problem. We're going to get through this. We're going, I'm going to be with you. He's, 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 he meets with us. He, he says to us, relax. I've got this. He said, I established the borders. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I intercede. I meet. This is a wonder. Something I have a hard time wrapping my head around. But I expect a wonder. It's a wonder because he is ever living to make intercession for me. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment here?